I figured you would have turned the music off by now because I was talking to my wife. I didn't know you were just going to sit there and dance on screen. Oh, you're muted, JD. You're muted. <laughs> that would have been so stupid. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, you would. I was. I was over here talking to my wife like he he can he can do this and I'm just like why is the music still playing he's just down here jamming on screen. Uh sorry for the late start. We all know whose fault that is. If you're not here for the live show, you don't know whose fault it is, but um yeah, he wanted to speak about us being yeah. on 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 at 7:36 or 8:36, so we came at 8:36. What is going on everybody? That's what's happening. That's what's up. Good to see everyone. Praise Jesus. We've got a the internet upgrade in so god willing we have less delay and we're able to bounce off of each other easier so thank god for that good to see everybody in the chat sorry i missed you guys last week thank you thanks thanks just keep it down keep it down just, i'll be here all week happy. we're just happy that you have uh internet working now you don't have to be off screen it doesn't have to be just this face um, but yeah, yeah, welcome back, guys. I've taken a couple of days off myself and haven't really been online, just resting as much as my family lets me do so. Um, and we've just been hanging out, but we are back Monday episode. And if you see the title, which I'm on the wrong side of the screen, JD, normally your OCD fixes this by now. What's going on? Yeah. Man? Boom. If you Sorry. see the title, it says Modern Protestant Ignorance, right? Um, I had to think of a good name to kind of explain the direction that I wanted to go with this episode. But Oh, I can't do that, babe. I'm sorry. I'm trying. My, to my wife has the. She's watching us, so I hear myself in the background. Y'all probably it didn't pick up probably on the <laughs> microphone, but like it was really it was a delay too. So it's like hard to speak when you hear your words from like three words ago. All right, back into the training thought. Train of thought. That the title here is for a reason, and, and I want to emphasize this for anybody coming to watch this later, and you're thinking that this is going to be one way, and it's not. Most Christians in America would be considered Protestants, right? And the sad thing is most of them aren't. And what I mean by that is most Protestants aren't Protestants. They're just born into a Christian home and therefore defaulting themselves into something that has meaning behind it. And when we allow that to happen, it gives a bad picture of what a Protestant is. And then on top of that, these people are not understanding why they even believe what they believe, right? A lot of people that I see go back and forth with Catholics specifically, yeah. don't even know why they believe certain things. They just say, well, that's demonic and that's stupid. And yeah, that might end the conversation. But let me tell you how many Catholics you're going to bring to the truth doing that. Zero. Because if someone walked up to you and said, yeah, the Trinity is not true. You believe in three gods. You're not going to go, <laughs> you know what? I've been feeling that way lately because that's not a proper representation of what you believe. Okay. So this nope. is why it's important. We know why we're even called Protestants. And do you agree with the Protestant stance? If so, then, I mean, if not, then why are you even standing in this category itself? So that's the kind of the conversation I wanted to go with tonight. Yeah. Amen. And and this should be a good one because again, when it comes to the subjects of 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 justif justification, eternal separation from God, uh, what it takes to what it takes to be saved, um, we see this this massive divide, massive divide among Christians across the globe when it comes to the simplicity of the gospel, um, and Jesus Christ raised to our raised to life for our justification. Um, again, 
why we can say things like we are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Um, and, and the subject of justification is one that eludes a lot of Christians. Um, again, we always remind people of, of, of 1 Peter 2.15, which, which says, 3.15, sorry, which tells you that you are to be able to answer or give an answer, um, provide a rebuttal for the hope that is within you. Uh, when we're asked certain questions, we can't just go, well, that's what I believe. Um, mm. Because then that's not what you believe. Um, <laughs> that's what you've been told, and that's what you regurgitate. And and we see this among atheism, guys. This is this is not just this is not just uh, we're focusing on on Protestants specifically, but this is within Buddhism, Islam, atheism. Everyone who believes something um, without thinking critically about what they're saying they believe in um, ultimately are not really believers of that thing and and this is why we put so much emphasis on 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 asking certain people on tiktok what the gospel is especially when they come out and prophesy because you're you're saying all these things you're speaking for god but you don't even know the fundamentals of the faith um and what justification means so when it comes to justification and the subject of of justification this is this is one where we see many of our young brothers and sisters trip and fall. Um, and it is, unfortunately, it is ignorance um, because it is a lot, it, it is a lot easier to remain ignorant than it is to sink your teeth into a subject. And, you know, sometimes, oh, my bad. No, go ahead, bro. I was done. No, you got the new internet now. So I, I, in my mind, I used to think I knew when you were about to stop. So I'd speak. Yeah. But now you hear me instantly. So no, continue. I, <laughs> now that's good uh, and that, that's that's basically all i wanted to say is um i just want to know like just just by a show of hands in the chat how many people don't understand justification um uh, because ultimately the ignorance that we see within uh, the protestant movement or modern product protestants is the subject of justification um and if you don't understand that that's cool. You don't understand it. That's ultimately why we why we discuss these things. But with that being said, if your view on justification is flawed, so will it be on predestination. So will it be on uh, what soteriology is and what Christology is. Um, mm -hmm. Because if Jesus Christ died and, and was raised to life for our justification and, and you can't put that into words or you can't explain to people what justification by the death of death burial, and resurrection of christ jesus is then ultimately the question has to be asked do you understand the gospel yeah and and, and i want to add to what you just said right there because this is the, you know the big problem is that when we start having this conversation some people's pride gets checked and they feel like if i don't understand something or if i don't know something you're saying i'm not saved and they get defensive like well i know what i believe and it's like no we're trying to help you be consistent to how you believe in something so you don't end up following your emotions and we're also saying you could forget it and on how to present it but if i say it to you be honest. Did you understand it? Or is this like, yeah, I knew that. I just didn't know how to say that because it's not a gotcha moment. A lot of Protestants, and that's why the title is Protestant Ignorance, starts in there because it happens with, for example, where does the Bible come from? Why do we have the Bible today? Oh, I don't need to know that. I know it's Jesus's word because when I read it, 
okay, I, I believe you. However, why not the Quran? Mm. And then it, it, you know, right? Like, are you saying that the reason you're a Christian is because thank God someone handed you the Bible first? What if someone handed you the Quran? Right. And you yeah. have to have an answer to that. You don't, you're right. You don't, it's not going to save you. It's not, that's not. And that's, again, this is where the pride comes in. People feel like you're challenging their salvation. So they'll fight back on it. This is important yeah. to know. It's important to know so you can express truth to people and also defend why you believe without sounding like a hypocrite. Because if someone who's an atheist can actually say, I've done my research and you're sitting there saying, I've got the truth because I chose the right religion, then yeah, you, you're, you're right, but at the same time, you're gonna do nothing for the kingdom. The guy's not gonna listen Amen. to you. Just you're like, I got the right religion. Cool. Go be the guy that sits in the back room somewhere because you're not out here showing that it's a priority. And again, that's that it's a lot in the Protestant movement. Just like even with Protestants today that recently have asked me, Mike, why do I have to dress up for church? Right. And I tell them, like, you don't have to dress up, but you shouldn't treat Jesus less than you treat a date. Like if you're willing to look nice and shower before meeting someone you care about, then at least, you know, take care of yourself before God. It's not because you have to, but it demonstrates your heart condition, right? It, but it, mm, it, it mm, you, you mm. can't say anything. It's laziness sometimes, to be honest with you. Some people, it's, I hate saying that because I love these people. I love my fellow Protestants, but some people don't like that. My wife is giving me yeah. a look as if there's a reason to give me a look of, of judgment. I love you, my life, my wife. Um, my life, my wife. <laughs> I love you, my wife. Different view on this subject a little bit, and that's why she smiles at me. But, um, and that's okay. We can have a small differing view. I'll correct her later. She'll come to the knowledge of the truth, and she will escape her uh, uh, the snare of the devil because he's lying. Whatever truth she might not be believing in what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, so there. <laughs> I, I, I have a problem with that laziness where it's like people try to hide behind their faith as an excuse for laziness. Does that make sense? Mm. Like if you try yeah. to encourage someone to know better and do better, it's like, oh, you're trying to say I don't believe you. Oh, you don't know my faith. It's between me and Jesus. Like, mm, mm, hold mm, on mm. now. Yeah, this we see that all the time. <laughs> we see that all the time. And, and and this is for those of you who were who were present for the twelve week study I did on why we can trust the Bible. Um, uh, and this was one hundred percent from an apologetics background from an apologetics view and how do we how do we stand up and say we trust the holy scriptures because simply quoting second timothy 3 16 um this presupposes that second timothy 3 16 is in fact correct this presupposes that the apostle paul wasn't lying so again when it comes to quoting scripture there and 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 i often speak about you know we first have the the first step is observation and and hermeneutics and and once we've applied biblical hermeneutics this then leads to exegesis of the text and once we've exegeted the text then only do we move on to application of that text and this is why we can't take certain passages like people do um and i'm just going to use it again on the top, on on the subject of 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 salvation people will go to verses like matthew 7 verses 20 through 22 uh hebrews 10:26 um this will be their argument um for you losing your salvation but again multiple pos uh, you know participles are missing from from doing this 
Because when we look at the, the entirety of Scripture, we look at the message of Scripture, again, as, as we see the words of Jesus Christ and the conversations he's having with his apostles, with, with religious leaders, uh, with Gentiles around him, with Roman centurions, with women at wells, and, and we see that he's, Jesus Christ is applying the same core principle to each and every, although every scenario is different, the message to each and every single one of these people is the same. So why is it so important? Mark will tell you now. Oh, you know why what? I'll be so very important? honest with you. I was being a child and I was so zoned into these comments over here and playing with them. Didn't even hear a word you said. I'm going to be honest, right? Well, why lie? We we are to set an example here. And I'm, I'm going to go, use this moment to actually lift JD up. I trust him so much that I don't have to even pay him mind. And I know he speaks fire. I love you. Um, so I apologize, JD. I, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just love you, sister. Admit it. Love you, sister. I'm going to admit Grace. it right now. She defends you way too much. I, I've got a problem with it. I'll talk to her, talk to her about that off air. She leave, yeah. leave him alone because I keep cutting you off. Um, <laughs> but I agree with whatever you said. So, yeah. There we go. That's that 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 concludes tonight's episode, guys. <laughs> that concludes tonight's episode. Thanks for coming. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll be honest. I'm glad you, you guys was... came out um, for the the last 16 minutes. It was was good. It was real. I great episode. Look, I blame I blame Selena. To be very honest with you, it was really her that that distracted me in the comments, and I was playing mm. with her comment. And then others were having fun. So I started playing with their comments before I know you're like, what do you think, Mike? And I'm like, <gasps> yeah, let me, let me, let me see you. Let me see you. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm with it now. I've just, I've just gone through just the comment me, section. Have this. Cliff notes, hook me up two minutes, like 30 seconds summary, what you said. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, just, just, uh, cliff notes. We're talking about the importance of justification and oh, how, how we cannot take certain scriptures, cherry pick them to suit mm -hmm. what we already believe. Mm -hmm. So gotcha. thank you, Pastor Kenny. My brother Kenny, he's, he's, he's a faithful brother in Christ. We listen to one another. It's not like Mike who ignores me. Um, so <laughs> we, I get it. We, we move on. I have this problem in life. It's it's not just you. I, I zone out sometimes. I'm like a horse with the blinders on. And again, I blame them for distracting me in the comment section. I should just close it and not even see it. Um, that way I can focus on the mission at hand, at what's important. Uh, so I called myself out and I admit that. Um, but no, I agree though about justification and how we need to view the scriptures. And I, I'm glad that you brought up justification being something that this all falls back on to the beginning of this entire conversation before we started uh, joking around and whatnot, because that's what I kind of wanted to focus on, that this honestly might need to be a series that we that we work on, because the truth is we can't just jump to the part of the problem that we see today that manifests in modern Protestants if we don't find out why is it manifesting, right? Because if, if JD and I, which, which this is what we spend our time a lot of times doing, trying to put band-aids on things like someone says hey is it true that i could do this and we throw a band-aid on it like no that's dumb and then someone says what about this can i lose my no dumb no dumb right but what's happening is there's a cancer in that body 
and we need to figure out what's going on. And that's back at the foundation of things. Like, why do you believe what you believe? Why would you be considered a Protestant, right? Um, why do we believe in things like the five solas? Do you know what the five solas are, right? Because as a Protestant, that's kind of like a thing we hold to, um, which is interesting because a lot of people, I didn't even know what that was, right? And I was raised in a Catholic home that, you know, with the Protestant Reformation, that's a big thing. And I didn't even know what the five solas were growing up um, until I got old enough to research it and be like, oh, I believe that. Well, why do I believe that, right? So that's what I really think needs to be focused on is before we get to these big questions of the foundation that we stand on, like justification. Why is someone justified? How is someone saved? What do we believe the gospel is? What is our authority? As JD did mention with Second Timothy chapter three, um, I did hear you at that point, JD. I lost you yeah. after that point, so I heard you on the Word of God and its importance. Um, so I didn't, I didn't skip that out. And honestly, that is probably be one of the most fundamental conversations we should have, right? Why? Is the word of God the ultimate authority? Is it your ultimate authority? Um, how do you study it? Do you go outside the Bible to find guidance? Or I saw someone comment, what about the Christians who lock themselves in their room with a Bible and it's me and my Bible, and then they come to the conclusions that they like, and then they get portrayed as a Protestant because they'll go online and they'll be like, yeah, I'm not no Catholic demon. So immediately, boom, they're Protestant, but they hold to no Protestant uh, uh elders, no Protestant scholars, no Protestant historians, no Protestant anything. They they just some guy that locked himself in a house. And like, here's an example. And then I'll throw it back to you, JD. People's beliefs on the Trinity. One of the biggest issues that I see in, in a lot of modern Christianity. And you have people who will literally act like the Trinity is mind blowing and that they're the ones that have to state a case as if this isn't the, the, the majority of you for the last 2000 years. Like this isn't even a big one. This isn't even like a big disputed one. I, I, I believe I think it was John made a video recently of of the modern amount of Trinitarian believers. And I believe it was like 90 percent of the two point eight billion. And if you look at that across human history, you're talking probably like 95 percent of all Christian history, billions of Christians to ever walk the earth. And yet these people will show up and read the Bible on their own and be like, come on guys, you're stupid. If you don't know that, like, wait, that's your dismissal of grounded Christian studies, doctorates and people who've dedicated lives to this. And you come mm, along mm, and say, mm. yeah, it's, it's stupid. Like, and that's yeah. your reason. You don't have anything, you don't have any way to teach it, right? They never go with teaching either. It's always just like a dismissal and they'll throw a verse. John 14, 8, bro. You're stupid if you believe that. What? Yeah. And, and that's something I know that makes, if you guys want to know one thing that is a pet peeve for JD, use dumb arguments against the Trinity. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, that is definitely one of the, one of the, uh, warnings uh, or red flags where i have to like i have to like tone it down myself and realize that some people are just not there yet um and that they're growing and and trust that jesus christ is working in and through them but ultimately rejection of the triune god of scripture is 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 a fundamental fault and in america today one in four one in every four christians rejects the trinity one in every four christians is a modalist and for those of you who don't know what modalism is, modalism is God displaying himself in three different modes. 
the same God displaying himself in three different modes. And that's not what we believe. It's not what Protestants believe. Um, Can I interject real quick, JD? <laughs> to yeah, add on to what it, you right. just said, here's the, what JD said is absolutely true. Here's the worst news, though. And I'd be willing to bet, even in the 96 people in here, if I was to sit down with all of you and ask you to describe the Trinity to me, we would have at least 20 modalists in here that don't even know they're modalists. And I love you to death. I'm not, I'm not mocking you or attacking you right now. But what I'm saying is we lift the people who believe in the Trinity, look at it like that's God, right? When we, we, we love it, but we don't talk about it. We don't ask questions about it because you're scared that asking a question demonstrates I don't truly understand it. We just repeat sayings that others say. It's like a shell and an egg and ice and water. And you you hear nah. all these. And don't get me wrong. I love an analogy. Yeah. You know, I'm the analogy guy, right? Somehow I've been dawned as that. And I'll take it because that's a compliment. And I like that compliment, whatever. But an, an analogy is not how we teach the Trinity. An analogy is how we help someone who understands what the Trinity is process it better. But the grounding yeah. of what the Trinity is is the Bible, not an egg, not ice right and there's biblical truths that we have to hold and the truth is mm. that because a lot of people don't want to talk about it and we don't want and we don't have good discipleship and all that there are people that say yeah i believe in trinity or vice versa people who think they're oneness because they hate the word trinity because it it's there's this weird idea that if if it's anything prior to when i found out about it today it's from the catholic church so therefore trinity is demonic Lord, forgive me for even saying what they say. I speak as men do. Um, things like, uh, 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 you know, different things that are liturgical. Heck, that's why some Christians think that the liturgy is a religious thing of, no, liturgy is something Christians do, right? So that's the problem is there's even people that would claim that they believe these things like oneness that might actually believe in the Trinity if they actually laid out what they believe, but they're calling it something because they despise the term Trinity. And that's why you've probably heard me say, I don't care if you call it the Trinity, you call it the Godhead. But if you deny biblical truths is where I draw the line. Do you believe in the Father, Son, mm. and the Holy Spirit? Three unique personhoods that are clearly represented all throughout the scripture. All throughout the scripture, yeah. right? That are never Amen. allowed to be interchangeable. You never see them use the Father in place of the Son, the Son in place of the Holy Spirit. Never. And you can't be, and they're never left alone. It's never by themselves. There's never uh, an, uh, an authority outside of it. Even Jesus says, I speak nothing on my own. Like everything they do is unified, right? These certain truths of the scripture. As long as you don't deny them, I don't care what word you use. So I wanted to just insert that, JD, because you said, you know, one in four Christians. I'd argue it might be more if we sit down and actually ask people, what is the Trinity? What do you believe? Yeah. Right? I, I really yeah. believe that. Yeah. And that's uh, the, my, my facts are, are based on, on Pew Research Center. 2017 was the last time they did a, um, you know, a and that survey. probably was based on just the question of what do you believe, though? You get what I'm saying? Like, I bet if we were to actually yeah. sit down, I bet it'd be more. I'd be willing to argue yeah. that. 100%. Um, and again, like like Archangel put in the chat, uh, you know, ice, steam, water is a, is a it's a terrible analogy because ice is not steam and steam is not water. Uh, it's it's steam is steam, ice is ice, water is water. Well, here's um, you know, yeah. I would say here's what they're what they're trying to do is I bet I would bet money that that analogy started with a trinitarian. And I, for real, because I don't, I don't, I knock the analogy, right? I get what they're trying to do, but because of it, 
you can look at it and say, oh, so God appears as the sun, God, right? And it becomes modalist. But I, I wouldn't doubt that that probably started in, in a sense of, you know, trying to teach the Trinity, someone just saying some stuff and not thinking about it. And it caught, right? This is a lot of these little cliche yeah. things we say get caught. Just like uh, the Bible doesn't say, you know, uh, what is it? The love of money is the root of evil. Cleanliness is next to the godliness. Like these certain sayings that never actually existed. Mm, mm. Yeah, amen, amen. I mean, and and I'm not knocking anyone who uses that analogy, but let me just explain why it's a problem. Because you're bringing God down into, a, by saying he is these three things, we remove omniscience and omnipotence from, from that factor. Because God, we are literally then saying, if God took on flesh and he only took on flesh, like the only time we saw God in the present world is through Jesus Christ incarnate, we're literally suggesting that heaven was empty for 33 some odd years. Um, yes. And that there was no, there was no benevolence. There was no, uh, you know, omniscient God for 33 years. And, and this is, this is where we, we, where we go to, and I saw a couple of comments saying you, 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 you get the Trinity, but you don't fully understand it. That's, let me tell you something right now. Mike and I, don't fully understand the triune God. It's not possible for anyone. And I've read some very good books on the Trinity by various great authors. It's not possible for us in our finite minds to completely wrap our heads around God and who he is. So this is the same reason why we don't even get involved in a flat earth, round earth debate, because it's not relevant to the scriptures. God is not interested in you knowing the outer parts of the universe fully. Uh, and Paul makes this abundantly clear to the church at Corinth. We see now partly through a glass. It's vague. But when we are in the presence of God, everything that he knows will be made known to us. The, the, there's going to be no, no we're, we're not going to queue up in heaven going, okay, well, I've got a list of questions for God. Everything that God knows when you are in his presence will be made known to you about his creation about everything you've ever wanted and an answer to will be answered in the presence of god so Amen. again this is the when it comes to the trinity when it comes to justification when it comes to all these things we we deal with the same same rebuttal it's it's a it's a simple yet complicated thing it's a simple yet complicated thing to explain for the uh, triune God of Scripture. For the triune God of Scripture to be fully explained by a man would bring him down to a level which we can't bring God down to. Exactly. And this, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad you said it that way. We have to understand, and this is why I, I, I've started to do this. I didn't always do it, but Justin caused me some conviction in my heart. My brother Justin, right? He said he will not, he won't do analogies for God. And the reason why convicted me saying, you know what? I need to preface my analogy and make it very clear to remind people something that I already knew, but I can't forget that you might not. All analogies have limitations that are set by the one giving the analogy. If you try to go beyond any of that, then you're going to have a problem because it's not what the analogy was for. For example, if someone would have said, look, God is like ice, water, and steam because 
water can be, I mean, liquid steam and um, ice because water can be in these three different things. And then they said, but don't take it beyond that because we're not saying he only does it. Like if someone went beyond, then maybe you could say, okay, without falling into modalism. But when you just throw something out there, then then it, it allows people to start opening it up even more. And that's why analogies are dangerous for God. Um, even my analogies that people like, right? When I say something about uh, God being the body, the father's the mind, Jesus is the face, and the Holy Spirit is the blood, as much as I, I can enjoy that, it still has limitations because that would be partialism if I took it beyond what I said. Because if, if you take the blood away, the body dies, right? Uh, if you take the, the mind away, the body dies. Well, we know that God can't be separated, but the human body can be. So that analogy has to stop at the imagery. So when we talk about mm. God, we have to make sure that we are understanding that we can't fully explain him. And, and what JD said is something I've said before when it comes to the sovereignty debates. I love when I see people debate things about scripture, but I cannot stand a debate on sovereignty of God, right? The predestination debates because there's no definitive answer. There's none because it's beyond the finite mind's ability. So when we debate these conversations, what is always going to happen is someone's going to bring in hypothetical situations. And I want you to understand how insulting this is to God. His creation is creating hypothetical situations of his existence and then speaking with confidence on how it works. That's that, that's an offense to God to even insult him by saying, if I wanted to, I could create situations in my mind and understand you like that. This yeah. is the line that we have to draw. And I've told you guys what the Bible says before. We haven't pulled the Bible on screen yet. But one of my favorite scriptures to go to, and it's not one normally gone to, is a rebuke from God because it reminds me, stay in my place. He says, I know all the birds of the hill and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world and its fullness are mine. You know, because Man. an old view was we did sacrifices because the gods ate our sacrifice. Even God, even God does say like the smell of the, of the food offering that you offer me is delightful. But he had to step in and be like, well, first of all, I don't really need your sacrifice. You give it to me out of your sacrifice. It all belongs to me. And if I was hungry, you wouldn't know. What is God saying there? You're not going to know everything about me unless I tell you. And if I don't tell you, it's not for you to know. All right, cool, bet. So if I don't know how the Trinity works, it's because it's not for me to know. My mind would explode yeah. trying to. In fact, unless one of you can draw for me a fourth dimensional shape, any fourth dimensional shape, don't you dare tell me how the Trinity works. Or don't tell me it's possible. Because none of us can even fathom what a fourth dimensional cube looks like. That's it. Just a fourth dimensional cube would literally break your brain because we only know depth, height, and width. We're, we're, we're three dimensions and we walk in the fourth dimension because the time is around us. But outside of that can see time. Can any of you even fathom what seeing time looks like? Anybody. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. If you can, then I'll ask you to explain for me how God works. You might have a closer definition than me. But if none of you can fathom what time looks like, then how dare us think we can even fathom how God works? Therefore, we stand on what J.D. said, biblical truths. And the Bible declares the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And from the moment that they are revealed in the baptism of Jesus, we never see a denial of it again. We never see a moment where God is ever identified by himself or interchangeable with those unique uh, 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 names or titles, never again. 
This is why I like what Dr. James White says when people ask him, where does the Bible teach the Trinity? And he says he always goes to the very center between Malachi and Matthew and points there saying it's revealed during the ministry of Christ after the Old Testament and before the New Testament, because the New Testament isn't written until after the ministry of Christ, which means things that were common knowledge were already common knowledge amongst the believers. If the apostles believe it and it's something that's already being taught, then there's no reason to really emphasize it. It's a given. Every single letter, Father, Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The baptism, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The transfiguration, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Hebrews 1, then the Father says to the Son, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. From the moment we get to the New Testament, the Trinity is laid out on the table. And if you try to deny that, then you have an uphill battle because it's been st- it's been stated. It's been there. Sorry. I had to let yeah. off on that, but now I need to go run and grab a Tylenol real quick um, because my I, head hurt. I love that. But um, yeah. what I, uh, to his comment, something for you to feed on, J.D., if you want, is about how sometimes we make things more complicated by digging deeper into it and create like what he's saying right there. You could lose your mind, but try to explain it way and you'll lose your soul because people make it more difficult than they have to believe what the Bible says or say, well, I got to understand this. And then you dig, and then you Absolutely. dig and then your brain is like, I don't get it. Right. So I just wanted to add that. Absolutely. Amen. 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 I mean, and, and this is exactly it. We cannot fully wrap our heads around the triune God of scripture, but what do we know? What do we know? We know what the Bible says. And 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 my brother Kenny, I will I will get back to you as soon as I can. Um, things have just been a little bit crazy at the moment, but I will I will get to read through the letter you sent me soon. Um, but that is exactly it. When we try and overanalyze something and bring it down to a, a way that we can understand, and I love Tenage also said it in the comments, Jesus Christ spoke in hyperbole, Jesus Christ spoke in parables. Um Not only did he speak in hyperbole and in parables because it was applicable then, but the parables of Christ remain timeless. We can look at certain parables that Jesus Christ uses, the Good Samaritan. We can can draw from the Good Samaritan. And and I'm not talking about eisegesis now. I'm talking about the lesson taught in the parable we can apply biblically to our lives today. So we see the same thing. And and this is why even people and, 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 man, hate to say this, but I've, I kind of blame a lot of Sunday schools for this because they'll tell you the story of Jonah. They'll tell you the story of Samson, but but they'll leave out, they'll leave out the disobedience. They'll leave out the rebellion. They'll leave out. Do you realize that Samson broke absolutely every single covenant God made with him? He broke every single promise he made to God. Yeah. Delilah was just the, the straw that broke the camel's back. That wasn't the... <laughs> Samson kept on being. Samson kept on being disobedient. And we look at David. We look at Solomon. You know, Solomon was all these for her. You know, yeah. I've always wondered why Del- why Delilah was able to get him to like. You, I, I always say, why doesn't he realize what's happening? You got to be stupid. She must be the most beautiful thing ever. But what you just said might have just hit me. What if it was that seeking of somebody because of all the things he's went through? Right. We we don't yeah. see that side of a life of a Christian. I mean, in the Bible, but maybe yeah. it was that desperate wanting of someone to comfort them. And here's Delilah offering it. And he keeps going back, despite the fact that she keeps stabbing him in the back. And it's just like, I, I need I, he needed something, maybe. 
Good point. It's a good point. I mean, and we and we see that with with modern day Christendom as well, seeking seeking for that extra. Like I want Jesus, but I also want seeking this. comfort like, and willing to run into the wrong thing. And a lot of Protestants yeah, do that yeah. because they want the church that accepts them in their sinful ways. And this is where people might get upset with me. I'm all for come as you are. Some Protestants have have turned it into and stay as you are. And that's the dangerous thing, right? You get you create these churches and you say, look, we're different than the rest. Come as you are. Gotcha. But there has to be a line that's drawn saying, OK, let's change for Christ. Right. And I'm glad that I have a good church. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to get placed in a good church and where I live and where I'm at. But there are people in those churches. And like you said, J.D., the Sunday school thing, there's a lot of Christians today that are adults with Sunday school theology. Because there's parents that relied on Sunday school to raise their kids. So when I say Joseph in the colored jacket, you think of Joseph trusted God and everything worked out. You no, know, Joseph went through a lot of hell and he hated being in Egypt, regardless about the money. There was no success in that. He wanted to be back. He kept he caught at the land of his affliction, but he was there because Christ came through Judah and he kept Judah alive. JD said it, Jonah. That's a that's a story that has so much meaning in it. It's not. Jonah didn't listen, so God sent a whale that ate him all softly. And, and no, like, and remember, I told y'all that what I'm focusing my book on is about we need to go back to our foundation sometimes and make sure that we're not standing on faulty foundation. Jesus said, if you build that house on sand, sometimes those Sunday schools are full of sand. And that's, and some of us stay on sand, even though sand might be good for the beginning to kind of get you used to what's going on, people stay there. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and and here's the other thing, though. When, when when we look at the story of Jonah, as Jesus Christ says, as Jonah spent three days in the whale's belly, he wasn't walking around there having a time. He, <laughs> he, you know, he wasn't walking around inside the fish and going, okay, cool. Day number three, how long am I going to be stranded inside this fish? He died in there and he was brought to life back again. The The... When we look at the parallels and the and the and and the story of Jonah, it's a sh one of the sh probably the shortest book in the Old Testament. Maybe, maybe there's something shorter than that. But it's it's imperative that we we look at these stories in the Old Testament and we look when Christ refers to, when Paul refers to, when Peter refers to, when James refers to, and we see something incredible happen. And and this is this is for everybody out there. Just before I digress too much, just, just on the subject of the Trinity and the triune God, if you look at the way the Apostle Paul addresses each and every single one of his epistles and how he closes them off, we see very, very clearly that his understanding of God's triune nature, God being a triune being, um, is not pulled into question at any point uh, he understood it 100 which means if paul understood that god was triune fully he preached god triune fully and we see the same in his letter to timothy he is giving him instruction saying this is the doctrine this is what you need to hold fast to these are the marks of a biblical man of god these are the characteristics of a biblical man of god um <laughs> and ultimately clip it. 
<laughs> this is this is it's a big 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 problem in the church um and for example we we uh, about a year ago i did a sermon on on discontentment and and mm -hmm. and most christians like last week we had a lot of people saying when we when, it, when, when we speak about work and and working for the kingdom and and, and there was a question that i want to address last week and it just popped back into my mind so we have a lot of people saying, how do I know I'm, I'm not working for myself or working for my own pride? or uh, And how do I know I'm doing it for the kingdom of God? And, and the easiest way to, to uh, you know, separate yourself from the flesh and walk according to the spirit is, is to find out whether or not you're content. So every, everything you're doing, you remain content with God's plan over your life. You remain content with where he's leading. You remain content with where ever you end up then you're more than likely walking according to the spirit if you're like okay now i need more money to do this and i need to do more of that and i need to get more of this and i need this and i need a bigger house and i need a better wife and i need a better car and if only i didn't have this job but i had that job and and i see so many christians talk this way and being discontent is 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 a sin and um, it's one of the sins we don't speak about in the modern church because it's so much easier, you know, focusing on the, the Albuquerque soup, you know, on the crayon club, LGTV. Let's focus on them. Let's focus on them. And then let's point our fingers at them when we're ignoring these subtle sins that are plaguing our lives. Um, and, and Mike mm. said it in his video. I only caught it yesterday. But we've got so many Christian men who expect their wives to be in submission to them, but they're not, oh, they're yeah. not living a life that would be worthy of submission. So why do yeah. I submit to Christ? I submit to Christ because Christ laid down his life for me. Jesus didn't come down with a rod and say, yo, here I am. I'm Jesus. What up? Follow me or burn. No. He said, those who love me, Those who love me will keep my commands. What is his command? Love those around you. Love your neighbors. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbors as you love yourself. And 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 Jesus Christ gave this instruction, and people are focused on um, things that are not even biblical, but it's because they don't understand what Jesus Christ came to accomplish. Again, round, full circle, Right back to justification. So we've go, we've gone, you know, Trinity, this, that, and we've come right back to justification. Jesus Christ was raised to life for our justification. Amen. Sorry, I dropped something. I'm over here just looking all around. But this time I was listening to every word you said, and I made sure to keep that in the back of my head. And, and it does. It goes back around. And I was noticing that. We're talking about Trinity justification and a lot of the things that we've kind of been focusing on from day one, what this podcast goal has been. And if you really think about it, our main target has been modern Protestants, right? Yes. I debate with Catholics, but it's not really my, my target. I'm talking to people who are young Christians in America or young in the faith and it's Protestantism. Right. And, and the main thing we deal with is the ignorance in that community. So this is kind of like, even though it's a random episode, it's kind of a, a summary of what we've been discussing, these foundational views, right? And you mentioned something, JD, that was very interesting. You mentioned the difference in sins. 
And if you all don't know, recently, James White, Dr. James White, who is a uh, theologian and debater, uh, an apologist, uh, he debated Trent Horn. Um, and it just happened, like literally a week ago or last weekend uh, or this weekend, actually. It just happened a couple of days ago. Trent Horn and they debated a couple topics, but I was watching the, the one on um, purgatory. And in it, there's a difference in how they view sins, right? And Trent is speaking, he's the Catholic, and he literally says, we all know that even though you don't believe in moral and mortal and venial sins, you Protestants understand that there's sins that are less than others. And I'm listening to him talk about it saying, you know, like if I get an abortion every day, that's different than doing a small sin every day. And, and here's the sad thing. It's not. It's not. That's a dangerous mindset that worse sin than others. Because then we sit here and we look at the LGBT community and we forget that Jesus warned us of hypocritical judging. And that's not because we look at people who are doing the exact same thing as us as far as my sin specifically. It's that I need to recognize that I need Jesus just as much as they do. James said, if you've broken one, you've broken them all. Now, yes. Is there a different degree of what the sin's actions are? Yeah, duh. Nobody's sitting here saying that if I steal 12 cents, it's the same as murdering somebody. But what is the same is that they're both sinning against the infinite God. And a sin against there the infinite go. God is breaking the royal law, regardless. And, and that's, that's a part of the foundation. Because if you come to the Lord thinking that, you know, he he paid for my sins. But when you think of your sins, you're thinking of that time you abuse somebody or you hurt somebody. But the things I do every day, those are mistakes. Those are my, my mistakes. Mm. Jesus didn't mm. die for mistakes. Let me say this very clearly. That's an insult to his cross, isn't it? He didn't die for mistakes. A trespass is what they're called. And if you know anything about what a trespass is, that means there's a line in the sand and you step over it. And every one of yeah. us, that's why I can't stand when people try to use Hebrews 10 to say you can lose your salvation. And if, it, if we read that the way that people are saying it means, if we go to Hebrews 10 and read it the way that they say it means, we throw away everything and say, okay, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. I have sinned deliberately since I've come to the knowledge of the truth. I am condemned to hell and there's nothing I can do about it. And every single one of you, if you dare lie to me and say you have not sinned deliberately since coming to the knowledge of truth, then you just did it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But there's and people out there a, that will look at this and use this against some people as if they're not doing it. That's not what it means. Yeah. Yielding a yielding the Bible as a weapon. And this this is a two, this is a two, this is a two-edged or, or double-sided coin, rather, that I that I Desperately, desperately dislike um, <laughs> is is the one one hand of people that will use the the scriptures in a legalistic way to control um, and and cultify um, people into and indoctrinate them into this mindset that you've got to you've got to now be this and you could, now you're focusing more on this person you need to be in the flesh. This is the opposite of the gospel. We focus on Christ Jesus and we focus on Christ alone. And 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 this is exactly as Kenny hit the nail on the head again. Um, you know, we keep the commandments of Christ because we love Christ. The, the, these are byproducts of loving God. This is not, okay, I'm going to now try today to love God. No, the Christian, the believer 
loves Jesus Christ because he's believed in the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's not, okay, now I have to do X, Y, and Z. This is the, the legalistic perspective. And then we've got the, the opposite, the hyper-grace movements, which have, you know, turned the grace of God into lasciviousness and, and progressive Christianity and universalism, which kind of says, you just, you know, Jesus came to make you happy. You know, and and you get these stupid ads about washing feet, and you get all of these stupid movements, um, because that's all they are. They're absolutely stupid, because that's that you misre you misrepresenting the God of the Bible. You misrepresenting the only begotten Son, the ruling Christ, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, who is worthy of all worship, who is worthy of all praise. It's, it's not a thing of you can or you should. He's worthy of it, whether you do it or don't do it. He is Whoa. worthy of all praise. Well, you're, you're you're so what what JD's doing right here is very bigoted because what he's saying is that it's wrong to love people. Like, are you serious? That's what people would say to him. And I'm just being honest with you. What I just demonstrated is modern day Protestantism. There are a lot of modern day Protestants that what JD just said just said was. So there's something wrong with trying to reach people. And that's the thing that they use. They use this card of, if I can make something look good here, then that's the problem. And you deny that good, then yeah. you're the bad guy. Because yeah. they're not looking at the gospel. They're saying, well, we're supposed to just love people. And and, and yeah. they'll argue against JD and say that. And they'll say, um, you know, well, what is it? I can't think of all their go-to lines, but man, they've got some go-to lines. Like I want to, I want to repeat some, but my headache is affecting my go-to lines. But as JD was just saying that I wanted to cut him off on purpose this time and do exactly what, what the world would have did. It would have said, well, yeah, exactly. why is it a problem that he's washing feet? Are you saying that Jesus wouldn't sit with these sinners? And we've allowed this false version of Christ to be created where People keep what they want of Jesus and throw the rest out. It's build a Jesus, right? They got it at the mall. Yeah. You go in, you pick what you like about him. And here's where the problem is. Everybody believes in the God that saves them. Period. Yeah. Everybody believes in That's that God it. that they've created in their mind or the one true God. I've never met someone who believes in the God that they don't want to believe in, right? I've never met someone who doesn't believe in their own version of God, if not the one true God, right? So these people think they have a God, they think it's Jesus, and they've created their own version of Jesus. And they're so convinced in that when you stand against it, you're the heretic. You're the, uh, you know, you're these things that they're defending against. And then we just get Christians fighting because everybody thinks yeah. like, I'm following God. And if we didn't build a foundation on how to test things, you're setting someone off. It's like, when we train our children and we forget to teach them how to test, what we're doing is we're building a nuclear bomb without a way to correct. So that way, once it's off, it's gone, right? And they grow up to be these kids that if they think that's God talking to them, you can't say anything to them because you didn't teach them how to test anything properly. I believe it because the Bible, because that's the word of God, because I said so, right? We're going back to the very beginning. Why do you believe in, your, in this version of justification? Because that's what I believe. And no matter what you say, you are the enemy now like if i push back against yeah. you then then that's an enemy and they're yeah. and man i see christians take each other's salvation away all the time over stupid stuff in comment sections let me just say that right now i'm watching sometimes when y'all be in there and i'm not saying you guys specifically but y'all internet and it's like two christians will be arguing over something that's really not a big deal and it'd be like well you're not even a christian and it's like y'all stripping yeah. each other of christ right now 
over something mm. stupid like Christmas, mm. like for real. <laughs> so th that's the yeah. problem is that it's we're at this point now where everybody believes what they want to believe. And if you challenge it, you're an enemy. And granted, not everybody's like that, right? Everyone who follows me and JD, I'm pretty sure at one point felt felt challenged by us because I do that on purpose. And most people that follow me, I always they always tell me, when I first found you, I thought you were an a-hole. I thought you were a jerk. I thought you were belligerent. But then I listened and I realized you were doing it on purpose, right? I was I'm I'm confronting people with it because yeah. off the rip, it lets me know what you're focused on. That's why I love to yeah. challenge my brothers. Like even if I believe what you believe, I challenge people. You might not have ever seen me do it like in front of you, but I've had people that literally will lay out what I believe. And I'm like, why? Why do you believe that? Because if you can't tell me why, I've got a question. Like, I've got mm -hmm. a big question for you, right? So I Man. do that on purpose because if you can't handle your faith being tested from the outside, that means you're not testing it yourself. And if you're not testing it yourself, you're walking around on whatever foundation you have and you're never looking down to find out if that's the right foundation. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Spot on. Spot on. And and again, the 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 flip of the coin is if you're if you're if you're with brothers and sisters in Christ and, and you're not being challenged on your views and you're not being asked the difficult questions, you 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 you're doing exactly what Paul rebuked the Corinthian church for. You're staying mm -hmm. on milk. You're 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 actually staying on milk because it's comfortable. It's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to chew. There's no, there's no, there's no working through it. You don't have to take a knife and cut out, cut, cut the meat. It's just step on the bottle. And 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 I've met many Christians when you bump into them a year or two later and they're still stuck in the same mindset. And you think to yourself, how often are you are you actually spending time in the word with with God? Because if if you if you're staying stagnant, if you're and this is why I say to so many of these guys, show me a single passage in the Bible, anywhere, where Jesus Christ came and said, I came so that you could be happy. Because I hear Christians complaining about not being happy all the time. Show me a single verse where Jesus Christ said, I came so that you might be happy. There's, what does Paul say in, in, in Philippians? He says, I learned to be content with what I have. I learned to be content. So what does this mean? This means he had to discipline his body, as he says in 1 Corinthians 9. I discipline my body. I bring my body into subjection. I make my body my slave so that I, mm -hmm. after I've preached to others, I myself will not be a castaway. So we we see the, the biggest area where we get tested on is where we preach on. People think, okay, well, Mike and JD are talking about this just because they want to be talking about this. Trust me, we're going through these conversations where we're being tested in these areas. We're having conversations with people that are completely ignorant to, to the biblical truth. Um, I'm going to be honest with this. you. Oh, yeah. sorry, my bad. I was just going to say, I don't enjoy a lot of the things that I have to say. Like, I'm going to be straight up with you guys. When The reason why I might not go live sometimes is because I don't enjoy answering the same question over and over again. The reason I end up going live is because I had this conversation with myself yesterday. The 100 people that are asking the same question over and over again and doing it for a negative reason is all worth it when you get that one aha moment, right? And I call it that because my wife actually taught me this. 
when I explained to her the reason why I love doing what I do, she said, we refer to that as the aha moment in teaching. And most teachers become teachers because they experience that feeling of helping somebody learn something. It's a great feeling. And, and sometimes me and JD answer that y'all don't see it because you're at, if you ask, we respond to you once. And if you hang out in a live stream, you might get to see that portion of that answering it. But take that and multiply that with the DMs and the comments and the and the people outside of TikTok over here and over here, right? It's the same questions over and over. And it is. It's very exhausting. And man, it people that be like, oh, you just want to talk to talk and you just want likes and you just want that. No, if we just wanted likes, there's ways to go about that so much easier than um, doing what we do. In fact, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this. That that video I just recently had that did 2 million views, I did it on purpose to see if I could do it again. I wanted to see if I fully understood the algorithm properly. And I knew that last year at the Super Bowl, I got 2 million views on a video by doing something specific. And I tried it. If I wanted to, I know how to get views. It's not hard. You, It's people's emotions. Emotions drive views. I don't focus on that though. I don't talk about eschatology, despite people begging me to. Like I could get views, right? And JD, he could, he literally could have way more views because he's on this podcast with me and my page is larger. He doesn't even use that. He doesn't talk about it that much. Like he talks about Mike. You don't see him tagging me in every video and being like, look who I know. And he, and, and, and duetting me or anything like that. He barely even pops up on there. Right. And because it's not about who we're reaching. It's not about, um, uh, I mean, trying to reach the most people. It's about, we want to help certain people that want to grow, grow. And that's it. And that's the goal is that we want to help you guys grow in your foundation. And this is obviously, honestly, why we've been having this conversation so much. If you look at all of our episodes, I feel like they all revolve around the same stuff, the foundation yeah. in Christ. And I would hope mm -hmm. that the people that have been here since day one can honestly say that they have grown a certain amount, because if not, we have failed. Like, I'm going to be very honest with you. If you're one of the people that have been here every single week for a year, I hope you're way beyond where you were when you came. Because if not, then yeah, we're, just, we're just entertaining you. And that's not the goal. The goal should be like, if you took a test last year and then took the same test this year, you should be able to be like, what? Stunning. Right. And that's the goal. At the end of the day, we don't care about views. We don't care about uh, uh, likes. I mean, we care about people saying, this is where I was at. And then you helped us to see this. And now I'm reading the Bible every day. Right. Because we just want to create a, a, a drive in you guys to love the Bible. I even said this in a video the other day when someone asked about how do we raise our children in the faith? I said, don't bring them the Bible until they want it. Bring them Christ in your actions and make them want to fall in Amen. love with Christ. Make them want to fall Amen. in love with the scripture so that they go on their own. My goal is all of you read the Bible much more actively since you found this page. And the reason isn't for me or JD, but because you just have grown in your love of the Bible. And then boom, we're done. I've Me and JD have accomplished our mission. We'll hang out with you still. But like we're just trying to give people a a, a, a kickstart, uh, a little kick in the butt or whatever, like a little, you know, start you up. I keep reaching down. I apologize. I keep trying to grab something that's on the ground. So I'm going to get off camera for two seconds. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, and we and we see and 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 yeah, we uh, look at these these questions in the chat and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to God for every single person that has been helped through this podcast that has grown, that has. um being trained in righteousness and what i mean by that is 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 reading your bible correctly um because i get we get the questions all the time what bible version should i read jd um and again if you're reading a, a an open bible 
if you've got an open Bible, that that's a blessing because your understanding will grow. Your you will mature in Christ. He who starts a good work and you will bring it to completion. I fully believe that. I fully believe if you pursue Christ, then he pours in. James says it so beautifully: draw near to God, and then God will draw near to you. Notice the first Amen. action is from you. The first action is from you. It's not God. God's not standing by the door constantly going, yo, 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 yo. You're going to open up your Bible today. Hey, 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 open up your Bible. No, you draw near to him and he then draw nears to you. The first action is on you. The onus is on you. The responsibility is on you. So again, when we see people that are in the same right, still, still the good, and, and this, is, this is why you can go to TikTok and leave it for six months and guess what you'll find when you come back to tiktok some creators have still got the same banners up having the same arguments going in the same circles when you, you think to yourself at what point do you mature in christ at what point do you mature in christ because uh we we're not we're not called <laughs> we're not called <laughs> we're not called to 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 debate um and argue with our brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, we're told that brothers and sisters in Christ love one another, and as iron sharpens iron, they sharpen one another. This is what we read in, in Proverbs. So ultimately... I just think it's funny that JD said you have to take that first step and somebody's going to take him out of context. So JD, just to defend you before I forget about it, he ain't talking about your salvation. <laughs> He's talking about this right here to be used by God. You got to step yeah. up and say, I'm ready for God to use me. He's not going to come Amen. pick you up and carry you to Canaan. Wink, wink. <laughs> I didn't even say it. I didn't even say it, JD. And yet here you go. I can never reference an actual biblical fact anymore. It's nonsense. I don't even know how we're supposed to teach anything. <laughs> Darn it. I, I purposely tried to not even say the words. <laughs> you said carry you to it. Canaan. <laughs> have you had too much sugar or caffeine no actually Tam tamira tamira uh prior to going live i actually told jd i don't have it tonight and i'm super tired and i don't want to even have like i don't have it um but he said just do it so i'm just doing it <laughs> but i had to defend jd oh. real quick if someone's gonna clip it and say look jd said you have to do and you have to do and people have done this to me too because jd in this same topic remember when you know, I, I would tell people reflect on self and they're like, don't tell people to be a fruit inspector for themselves because that causes doubt. Good. Yeah. Good. I want you to doubt. If you have a reason to doubt, you should doubt. Like, so, yeah, no, I would. My bad, JD. Again, I'm working yeah. on it. My wife's probably upstairs like, and, stop cutting yeah. off my friend. <laughs> and it, it's all good because it's it's true. And, and, and I should have prefaced it by saying that, again, this has got nothing to do with salvation. It's got everything to do with your growth. Um, and and personal growth. I want to be used. You you can't go and say, "Yo, uh, I would like this job," and they're like, "Why do you want this job?" And you're like, "Well, because I want this job." Can you? Are you going to put in the time? Are you going to put in the work? No, no, no. I just, I just, I just want to roll with the title. You know, I just, I just kind of want the, I want the title of the job, but I don't actually want to physically do the job. Um, and <laughs> ultimately, you know, we we see this. <laughs> That we've got, we've got, you know, so many brothers and sisters in Christ who are, are tripped up by the same arguments, tripped up by the same statements, um, and honestly, move past it. Move past it because it's it's, it's doing nothing for you. 
seeing nothing for your growth. And even if you have well, brothers and sisters in Christ for a season and then you're no longer, you're no longer as close, you no longer talk as often, God uses those little seasons um, to grow you. And if you're listening, if you're listening to God speak, then you will grow. And, and what do I mean by that is, is again, we look at the biblical principles, the biblical principles for how to read the text. No one, and this is why I saw the comment earlier, so I'm just going to address it quickly. Someone who says to me, they've read the Bible cover to cover. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> the Bible is not just a book. First of all, the Bible is, is compiled of, of a New Testament and Old Testament. It's 66 books, and each and every single one is written in a different style, different language, different time period. And there are chasms there are bridges and we need to bridge these gaps in order to understand exactly what the where the psalmist is speaking poetically where the psalmist is speaking prophetically we have to bridge these gaps if we don't bridge these gaps correctly we fall into error and ultimately we then teach error and when it comes to people going well i'm, I'm not i'm not a, i'm not going to indoctrinate my kids with the bible guess what Barney the dinosaur will indoctrinate your kids with something else. Uh, and, and so will the Powerpuff Girls. And everything else you let your kids watch on YouTube or whatever mm -hmm. program it is you are subjecting. Indoctrination takes place every single day. What your kids absorb, they are being indoctrinated by the world. So you want to remove the Bible um, from, from, from your household. And, and exactly how, how Mike said, you can't take a Bible to the kid and say, you need to read this every day. You need to be the walking, living word of God in their lives. You need to be walking, talking up the gospel so that they can go, okay, this is why I want to read the Bible. Because I want to understand. You ready? For, I'm going to say something that people might not understand at first. Let me say this real slowly. The scriptures are our ultimate authority. This is true. Amazing. They're God breathed. But the scriptures don't have life in them. Let me say it again. The scriptures are our ultimate authority. But the scriptures themselves do not have life in them. What does that mean? Jesus says, you search the scriptures as if they have life, but it is they that bear witness to me. So what does scripture do? It teaches us about the attributes of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, who he is. You can know who God is and not be a follower of him. You can study a menu and never taste the meal, right? Yes, every Christian should be in the word daily. It should be a part of your life. However, just that isn't, I'm not going to say enough because then it implies that there's an enough. It's the wrong path. Instead of us talking about what a Christian should do as far as enough and not enough, it, the, the decision is what path are you on? You're either on the wrong path or the right path. And if your path is, I just got to study this book and be and know it better than others, and you're battling with people and you're, you're just on the wrong path because we don't put the Bible in front of our kids and just say, know this. Well, that means nothing to them until they want to know who God is. And how do they know that? Through who you are. Same thing with how you evangelize. The person you meet at work, it's not, you know, it's not going to bring them to Jesus, hitting them with a one-liner that's like, oh, snap, that's dope. Yeah, that is. My. No, it's that love and that grace and introducing them to who Jesus is. And then they want to know more about him. And that's through the scriptures, right? So like 
there's this thin line that we have to make sure people understand, like to where we know where the scripture ranks in its authority and what it is, but to where we don't separate it and like make the scripture our idol. And this goes back to those people that locked themselves in the house with the word of God. And I know people might not like what I just said, make the scripture your idol. Like, how does that happen? The Jews did it. That's why Jesus rebuked them. He literally said, you search the scriptures as if they yeah. have eternal life, but it is they that bear witness to me. And what they were doing is they were taking the law and turning the law into life. And that's what some Christians do today. Amen. I mean, and Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Yeah, I, I could quote all of the word of God from the bottom, from Genesis chapter 1, all the way to the end of Revelation. And I could not have love in my heart and everything I quoted would mean nothing to no one. Because if our end goal is not conversion, and I asked a Christian, a Christian this the other day, I said, how do Christians end up in hell? And he said, um, well, if you, um, uh, and I said, you see, see how misleading the question is. Because Christians cannot end up in hell. Christians don't go to hell. And, and, and this, is, this, is, this is the same way the devil approaches you every single day with people around you. The same thing. Twisting the word of God, adding to it or removing from it. Christians do not end up in hell. And, and, and yeah. if someone says, you come across a video that says, this is going to send many Christians to hell. Guess what? That's rubbish. <laughs> You're charlatans and you shouldn't, you shouldn't be preaching. Yeah. It's rubbish. Christians don't end up in hell. Ever it's nonsense. That's that's not or something. Like when they have a they have a vision of lukewarm Christians in hell. Like, yeah, what? Yeah, please do me a favor. Do me a favor. You've overcooked the biscuits. <laughs> that's what's happened. You've overcooked no the biscuits. They were in the oven Christian. too long. Nah. Why do people add the word Christian there? It says, "I know your works. They are neither hot nor cold. Uh, therefore, I will spit them out of my mouth." And he calls them lukewarm. He says they're lukewarm, but. He says, your works are lukewarm. He doesn't say you are a lukewarm Christian, but I digress. I brought this up on screen because it shows two things in one moment. We're going to see how God is the one who protects us, who guards us, who guides us. He does everything. However, then Paul's going to switch against your idleness. So he says, finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may, be sp may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. And that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Just real quick, unrelated note here uh, on, on faith alone, I mean, not, not faith alone, eternal security. If the evil one snatches somebody away from God, then God failed at guarding him, right? Just want, just want to throw it out there. If you believe you can lose your salvation, it means God, God's guard yep. wasn't on guard. It wasn't he, his guard was low, like that dude that can't play defense in basketball. Let's keep going. And we have have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do things that we command. So their confidence in their actions isn't actually in them, but the Lord. Why? Because the Lord is going to move you. So my confidence in the Lord about you is that you're going to do this. And then he says, "May the Lord direct your hearts." And love and the love of God and and uh, yeah to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. So there's man's will being overridden, right? He says, "May, may God direct your hearts." This is what cracks me up. People be like, "I have free will and God can't do anything," but then in the same breath, we'll read the scriptures that say this, or they'll pray, "God, please change their heart." 
Like, wait a minute. I thought man had free will that God can't interfere upon. Why are you praying that God changes their heart? Does he change their heart? But once you've come to Christ, he can no longer keep you. I digress. So right here, we see this painting of hey, it's, hey, God hey. In <laughs> it's God in charge. But then look what it says immediately Amen. after it says, now we command you brothers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you have received from us. So this is the walk that they do, the tradition that you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle when we were with you, nor do we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day that we might not be burdened to any of you. It was not because we did not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. How many of you have heard that actually quote from scripture? Because not a lot of pastors talk about that. If someone Amen, is not man. willing to work, Amen. let them starve. This talk about Christians. This this isn't this isn't talk about non, this is he's saying for idle believers, whoever's walking in idleness, because he says a brother, and then he says, let the one who does not who is not willing to work. This isn't saying that the one willing, right? And this is about something that we need to understand. God is about giving away freely. But then when you come yeah. to him, if you are the guy that thinks God's going to just carry you around and show for, no, you're not to be idle. In fact, I've said it a million times. We serve a God of action. God ain't just sitting around like, all right, well, now you come to me, just kick your feet up. So if anyone sits there and acts like you can come to the Lord and then just kind of sit back, I think I've said it before that it's impossible not to bear fruit. Every day you get out of your bed, you're going to bear fruit. Whether it be good fruit or bad fruit is up to you on your decisions. But no one doesn't bear fruit, right? This, this idea like, well, we, it doesn't matter if a Christian bears good fruits. That's what they always do. Are you saying that they're not really saved if they don't bear good fruits? No, I'm not saying that, but you have to bear fruits. Which way are you going? But no matter what, unless you lie in your bed all day and stare at your ceiling, you're, you're bearing fruits. You're called to go out, to work, to be a you hard will. worker, to be a, a, a active, to be uh, moving in the community and do things. And Paul's straight up saying, if you're not willing to work, let them not eat. It's a way different version of Christianity that you see today. Matter of fact, the He Gets Us yep. commercial, I bet money that most of the people that agree with that video would think that if someone's not willing to work, we're, we're still supposed to feed them. There's a difference between helping someone who needs help and helping someone who won't help themselves. That's not the same. Just like when the Bible says weep with them when they weep, it's not talking about weep with someone because Roe v. Wade got overturned and let's weep together because you can't kill your baby. It's weep with those who lost their child. Weep with those who suffered at the hand of evilness, not weep with someone uh, uh, that's mad at Christianity, right? Same thing applies here. Like, yes, we Amen. help those in need. We don't help people that take advantage of it. We don't. And the same, Christians, Amen. get up, Amen. move. I digress. Yeah. And we see the exact same thing. We see the same thing with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Most people don't even know this, like that Jesus Christ didn't just feed 5,000. He also fed 4,000. And and on, on one of these, and on one of these occasions, we see Jesus getting up early in the morning and he's, he's, he's already on his way. And, and, and when the disciples ask why he's, he's moving on, these people came not to Christ for Christ. They came to Christ for food. 
They came to Christ for food. And, and we this is very much the same. Again, how do we extract the text and apply the text today? How is it applicable to us today? And we see that there are people that come to Jesus simply because of the benefits of coming to Jesus. You know that you're more likely to receive help from a Christian man than a non-Christian man. Why? Because those are the fruits that, that, that are exhibited by the Christian man. Those are the fruit that we can expect to see from a Christian woman. So people will prey on Christians. This is why we're told to use our discernment, not be tripped up. This is why these instructions are there. So if we're in our Bible, we can see, okay, we're saved, but not soft. We're not meant to be doormats. We're not meant to be walkovers. We meant there are good Christian businessmen and businesswomen out there who, who work really hard and, and provide for many charity organizations and many poor people are fed and i'm for i'm 100 for feeding the poor don't get me wrong i'm talking about those who claim the name of christ purely because of the meal ticket purely because of what benefits come with the name of christ we never ever 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 just continue to give and give and give to people who are not willing to make the same sacrifices for someone beneath them and, and, and this is generally what we see. We see so many people that get sucked into this, this, this rubbish. And this is why we have mega churches today. This is why we've got Osteen who, earn, who earns more than he should be earning and TD Jakes and Fertix and all of these guys in the world because they've manipulated people into giving for the wrong reason. Amen. They've manipulated and people into giving for the wrong reason. And with, with, with JD saying that, let me interject also. Those people, see, I tell you all the time that I believe Satan places them in there to be a big distraction, but not the real distraction, because then you can look there and you're not noticing the other stuff. They paint a bad picture for Christians that make money, right? So then when you have real churches that need money, people start being like, look at them, the Joel Osteens. Many of you know, recently I had someone that tried to call me a false teacher because you could subscribe to me on TikTok, right? It, it, and it's normal that we see these things, right? Actively, uh, uh, you know, Christians become scared of certain titles and certain things. And, and it's because of our misunderstanding of stuff. And you were mentioning the verse in John 6. So I wanted to pull it up because, J.D., you mentioned it. But right here, literally right after he fed the 4,000, 5,000, I mean, right here, see? It says the next day, right? When they found him on the other side of the sea, so they went looking for him. They said to him, Rabbi. When did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Then he tells them, do not work for Amen. the food that perishes, but for the food that endures. So he said, look at all what you just did for food. You did all that for food. Would you do that for what matters the most? Would you get like for real? Th this is a question I would love to ask people today. You guys, uh, 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 hey, hold on one second. Anyone who says that can get blocked, they want to distract. We're not going to allow it. Let's go ahead and block that person. No, we don't want your smoke. Have yeah, a good day, it. sir. Um, a lot of people today do that, right? JD mentioned it, so no point for me to uh, speak on that anymore. But he says, which the Son of Man will give you. Listen, listen, there's so much right here. Do not work. For the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. 
right? So there's one thing you work for and what you'll receive from that will perish. And then there's something that the son of man will give to you. And then he says, for on him, God, the father has set his seal. And so they responded saying, well, what are those works? You said work for this and work for that. What is it to do the work of God? Jesus answered, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. It's cut and dry right there, right? Um, so I wanted to go there because even though you were just touching on the bread part, I think there's something really just fascinating with every word that Jesus speaks. And um, I, I love I yeah. love the scriptures for that reason. Um, we're running near the end, but I definitely want to work with JD on how we can discuss these topics with more direction. I think today was more of a just kind of throwing things out there out loud and hoping some of you took it and say, you know what? I want to go look deeper into that. Today's episode was more of a yeah. pointing in certain directions. Nothing to be really gained from this episode in the large sense. But however, maybe someone watching this episode says, you know what? I need to go sit down and ask myself, why do I believe in X, Y, and Z? Why do I need to, why do I say this? And why do I believe this? And why do I trust my uh, uh, Bible, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that JD, I would like to continue this series. And it's probably going to be a couple episodes, yeah. but maybe each day we touch on sure. one episode of justification, one episode on sanctification, one episode on glorification, and just kind of go with that because it's already what we've been focusing on for the last year. Sounds good. It's also what I want to do with the class that I said I'm putting together. It's what the book is about. I mean, it's what true Christian ministry is about. We're here because we want to make sure people have a firm foundation because we trust that once Amen. you have a firm foundation, you're good. Jesus said, whoever builds their house on the rock, the storm comes and nothing happens, right? So as long as I know that you got your foundation on the rock, from there, I trust that you can go out and seek out truth and nothing can dismay you or take you away from the truth because you're there. So that's what we're focused on. Definitely keep it in your prayers, guys, if that's what, something you would like us to take this uh, podcast in the direction of. I know JD has like two minutes left. So what do you got for him, JD? Yeah, uh, sounds good. We definitely need to do that. And like, uh, apologies uh, for being all over the place, guys. But uh, again, it's <laughs> something for you to think about, something for you to chew on. Um, I love you all. Thank you for 104 people. Awesome. Um, Colossians in a <laughs> wine pigeon. I've got to do Colossians in a wine pigeon for for Mel next 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 podcast. Next podcast. I've got to go now. Um, oh, but okay. uh, grace and peace, to you all, brother. I love you all. And um, I will Amen. see you on uh, Wednesday night. Yes, Wednesday night. And um, as JD leaves, I'll go ahead and uh, give you guys my spiel. So I will be on TikTok after this because I've been MIA for so long. I want to continue talking about the Lord, talking about scripture. So I already am on TikTok and I will continue that. Um, and then uh, it will go from there. But for everybody that's joining us in after tonight uh, and watching this pre-recorded, thank you for hanging out. As always, make sure you hit the subscribe and like and all that stuff. Now, I do want to throw this out there. Um, because of the recent debates between James White and Trent Horn, I've been thinking about doing a reaction video, but it wouldn't be live. It would be posted. So keep a lookout on that. Uh, it's going to be multiple parts as I go through the arguments that Trent Horn has and really focusing on them, right? If you want to know what James White believes, he's got books and all that. Um, I'm not going to be breaking down that side of the argument, but I would love to talk about what Trent Horn is saying. So be on the lookout for that. Definitely got some YouTube comment coming out this week. Uh, I know that I've been really not on my game with YouTube con content. And then this weekend, I took a lot of time to really rest and, and really get some energy up. That's why you haven't seen me online. And I'm ready to take this week by storm. So we'll be back Wednesday night 
8.30 Central for all of you tuning in live, for all of you coming after the fact, whether on Spotify or YouTube. Thank you so much for uh, continuing to support the show. If you guys want to support it in any other way, make sure you check out the links in the bio. And also, if you guys aren't aware, my wife is doing a Bible study uh, of a sense. Um, I'm not 100% sure how it goes, but it's a cool app that she's on with some people where they read the Bible together and then they upload like voice uh, memos and they can talk to each other through it. And she's invited a bunch of y'all to join it. Um, and I know that the link is in her profile on TikTok. I'm lifing. Um, so check out her beacons, her link, or whatever it is. If you want to join her with that, um, I think it's really cool. And once I learned about it, I said, hmm, I wonder if I can utilize that software as well. So I'm going to watch how it works with what my wife is doing. And if it looks like something I can implement, then I definitely may as well. I guess it's an app. Uh, uh, follow the word or something like that. And it allows people to have these, you know, um, electronic Bible studies where people don't even have to be present at the same time. Um, so, uh, check out her page for more information on that. I know that some of you would like to probably join in a Bible study with my wife and that's a good way to do so. So with all that being said, thank you all for being here. Uh, it's the same faces all the time. I love that. And for all the new faces, welcome. And I hope you had a good night feeling like you didn't have to be on your defense all the time and just having fellowship. This is what we do here. And uh, if you're going to be back Wednesday, I'll see you guys then. But as for that, God bless and go in peace.